Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. And I'm kind of, I'm still, I'm still reeling from the fallout of North Texas RPG Con 2019. So I thought I'd talk about a few things about that and anything else. Some things I observed anyway. So we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a really good time. I've got into a few games. I probably should have gotten some others. I ran a game that was just really fun. And then I ran a game that I really shouldn't have run. And we'll get to those in a minute. First off, I want to say hi to all my homies out there, Vince and Eric and Mike Battelotto and Doug Rhea, who both put on a fantastic convention every year. North Texas RPG Con, beginning in June, the Dallas-Fort Worth Weston in Irving, Texas. Great place, right near the airport. Anyway, so much, so much for the ad. Uh, <laughs> I've. I I was pretty I was pretty happy actually my grandson Gage came along and he was winning friends and influencing people I had at least two people say they want him back next year in their game so he's he does he does a really good game he got me into a game Sunday afternoon that I really didn't want to be at because it ran a little over it ran around to around it was like two to six forty five and I kept saying. We got to go. We got to go. I want to go home. I want to go home because we were all checked out and everything like that. And I said, I want to get home before I start feeling sleepy. But Grandpa, we got to kill the dragon. All right, fine. We'll kill. We'll stay and kill the dragon. So we did. It was a 5e game. I love it. I love what he says. But Grandpa, play this with me. No, I don't want to. I can play 5e at home if I have to. But Grandpa, I haven't played the game with you all con. You play with me every week. Don't you want to play with different people? But, you know, kids, 15-year-old kids, you know. So he got into some really good, good, good games. He got to play his Phil Supers. He played in Jim Wampler's Mega Heroes, which he's still playtesting, which I have still, I have yet to run in. I was supposed to do it this year, but I decided to def- defer to my grandson, and I think the game was better for it. Anyway, played in Teagle Manor. That was Eric Tinkar ran that, and that was fun. Now, my game of the con that it was in the book was Mutant Future. Okay, I have a as you know, I have a love hate relationship with post apocalyptic games because they're kind of they're kind of hard to manage. Because of the mutants. The mutations, you take superpowers, you don't give them any limitations, and there's your mutations. There's quite a few mutations out there. And I'm talking about all of them. Quite a few mutations out there that will stop your game dead. It doesn't matter if it's Gamma World or Mutant Future or Mutant Epoch or Mutant Crawl Classics or anything else. That's going to be a problem. So I gave the pre-gens a quick once-over. Because, you know, the, the, 
the mutants, I want them to enjoy their characters. I don't want to take it all away, but I don't want something that's going to stop the game five minutes in. And fortunately, we had a table full of players. None of them were under 30. It was an older crowd, and I was surprised. Because usually in a convention, you kind of run the gamut. A lot of times at a table from really young kids to teenagers to young adults to older grognards like me. But these guys, they were very, I could tell they were very mature in season, but they enjoyed playing these characters. We had some interesting, one guy was playing a blood monkey who was a mutated blood monkey who had, I don't remember what, he had a shriek that would like deafen everybody and things like that. He insisted on driving the truck for some reason. They're only, see, to me, those monkeys are only about as big as a spider monkey. So it's like, how do you reach the pedals? Oh, no, I want to drive. All right, fine. You can drive. And it was interesting because they killed off the bad guy in the middle of the game. And it was time for me to flex my DM, my grognar, my DM muscles, and say, okay, we're going to keep going. I don't care. They're not just going to lie down there and say we surrender. Because it was an evil, it was an evil organization trying to wipe out mutants in the in the in the after the after the bomb um the whole the the long story short is eric fabiachi came up with these guys named the clock watchers who woke up from cryo looked it up rounded at the mainland and all the mutants and said this has got to stop we've got to actually eradicate these mutants and then there's the mutant under the mutant underground railroad which tries to protect these mutants and get them in a safe place so you got that dynamic going well this guy was kind of like an offshoot of the t- the clock watchers he had his own thing his idea was to rehabilitate mutants by cutting out their mutations. It was a I was doing a variation of Island Doctor Moreau in the Louisiana Swamp and it worked. But there was another character who had the mutant ability to to plane shift. He could open a portal and walk into another plane. So he would open the portal and he shoved the bad guy and all his goon and I think he had six goons at, at the time, clock watcher goons. And he just opened the portal and shoved them all in and he closed the portal. And so, bye-bye, bad guys. So, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. My mind is racing. And I I didn't even stop. I didn't even stop for a break so I could figure out what to do. I just kept going. I just said, you guys get out. You find. And so, they had an exciting boat chase by the rest of those clock watchers. Because my, my idea was, okay, this guy's one of the high up the episode of the clock watcher, but he's not the only one. It's a whole committee of guys and they're working for him. So if he die, if he gets dead or whatever, it doesn't matter because they're still there and they have their orders. They're, this guy's telling them what to do. It's not, it's not like they're going to wander around going, Oh, what do we do now? You know, they're, they're soldiers. They know what to do. They've got to protect the combat and stop these mutants. And they're mutants. They know they're mutants, and they hate mutants, so they're going to stop them. So they had a, we had an exciting chase in the swamp. We had the regular truck in the swamp that, that the crew took. They also, we also had a hover car that these guys named the Boney Brothers, who were basically mutant good old boys in the Dukes of Hazard mold, who were riding in a hover car paid in like the General Lee on the shore. And in the swamp... There's this old guy named Tracker 
who is the best. He's a, he's a regular human, but he loves gadgets and stuff, and he's really good at it, and he's the best tracker in the swamp. And he had an airboat. He had an airboat equipped with a, that he hooked, he jerry-rigged a catapult that he could spin around 180 degrees and and throw things like satchel charges in the front and the back, which they did. And it was really exciting because, you know, they I do stuff like, I had, a, I had a flip mat that had like a kind of a river through a swamp area. And so I just did that, and we did the chase rules. And, you know, they st- and the, the bad guys were in speedboats, so they'd bomb a speedboat, and they'd knock it out, but there was another speedboat waiting in an alcove. They, they, the, the bad guys kind of knew, this is their standard operating, they knew about the river, and it's, it's like, okay, this is standard operating procedure, we're going to have patrols along here. So we had another, I had another boat in an alcove, when they pass it, they'd start going, and I had a third one, and it was it was a lot of fun because they were like the guys the guys on the shore were shooting shotguns and slings, and one guy had a crossbow. And tracker tracker told the uh, one of the guys to take the wheel of the airboat so he could so he could chuck like satchel charges at them, and it was it was a lot of fun. It really was. I was surprised at that game. I really was. I, I didn't know how that was going to go. The play test went differently. The bad guy didn't die until the end. But, but but anyway, it was a great time. And that was a really fun, fun game. I may run something else in Mutant Future next year. I don't know. Like I said, I'm post-apocalyptic stuff is always a little extra work for me. So, we'll see what happens. My next game, I was asked to run a... I, there are people saying, you know, we would like to run... Somebody should run a gangbusters game. Mostly my Austin friends. So, I said, all right, I'll run something. And I started pulling something out of my sphincter, trying to figure it out. And I did. By the time we got around to the next day and I was running it, and I looked at the notes and I go... You know, this doesn't quite hold together. Oh, here's my notes for another uh, uh, previous Gangbusters game. I'll run that. and Because everybody, practically everybody at the table was new. So, okay. But the combination of it being Saturday night, uh, lack of group cohesion, and me just kind of being brain fried, the game was okay. I'm not going to say it was great. I'm not going to say it was awful. It was okay. But I just didn't feel good about it. I mean, you got to the conclusion, everybody figured it out. It didn't it didn't end the way the last time I run it, but, you know, new groups it never does. So, I'm not worried about it. But I just felt like I felt like I I did them a disservice even though everybody said they enjoyed the hell out of it. Because it was just a slow game. I couldn't get the group. This is a problem with gangbusters on a whole. If you get a good group who are intuitive and know where to look and do things, it's fine. But if you've got a group who's used to like D&D, who's used to having a party, because group cohesion is a real problem with gangbusters because you got, like my friend Vince was playing a mafioso. I had another girl who was a getaway driver. I had a guy who was a policeman. I had another gal who was a speakeasy owner. Another one was a private eye. And they all, you know, you present them with a problem. And they all go about it their own way. 
and you are like trying to get them in some kind of cohesion where they don't exactly have to work together, but they have to be like at the same place when things happen and things like that. That's why it's always started in Joe's Diner because everybody goes there for breakfast and it just it just didn't feel like it, it was it didn't feel like it was coming together and also i would put out clues and stuff like that and i felt like i had to push the players i had to push them and the, you know like the thing is like vince is playing a mafioso he really doesn't care what's going on with the rest of these guys i mean this problem is affecting you know his gang you know the part his the mob that he's with but he'll go their own way so you know, it wasn't my best. It wasn't my worst. I just felt kind of meh about it, and I, I, I could have done better. Maybe I'll do better next time. Anyway, anyway, you got you got to worry about group cohesion, things like that, in a, in a convention. Anyway, it was a great con, and we got home in a decent hour, and I got an, I got loot, and Gage got loot, and Gage was role playing like crazy. He loved it. So I guess we're going to be going next year. And I think you should get, you guys should go. North Texas RPG Con in June 2020. And I'm going to go start my day. So, as always, if you want to talk to me about this, you can get a hold of me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail here on, on Anchor. And I would, we are fund, we are, we are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month. You too can support this program, and I would thank you. And I would thank, like to thank my supporters: Oliver Shrek, Gilbert Soros, so, sorry Soros, and Mark C. Walring. And don't forget to listen to Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Albear. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Questions. Comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.